And now, the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brandon Staten and Tyler Hansbro. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. This is Sleep Dog with the Big Hawk. What's up, everybody? It's the Big Hawk. As you probably can tell, we are back in the same place, so our audio here, decidedly better than it was last time, it sounded like I was calling in from the state penitentiary. Um, so we're back in the lab, back in HQ. we got a lot to discuss Carolina-wise. I'm sure Big Hawk's going to tell you about how we're going to have a great pod, because he usually does. Uh, we're going to get into basketball. We're going to get into football, if you want to call it that. I might even talk some NFL. We might even talk a little bit about you know, a team down the road. But uh, what you been up to, Big Hawk? Big Hawk been traveling. Big Hawk went to California to hang out with Fact Checker and her family for a couple of days. We took it on the road, and we saw the Hurricanes play the Sharks. The Hurricanes lost, but uh, it's a tough one. But uh, we we're in San Jose, went to that game. Uh, she lives out in Cali. Went to the Warriors game, uh, saw my old team, the Raptors, play. The Warriors' new stadium is sick. It's right downtown uh, San Francisco. Is that the crypto arena? No, that's the Lakers spot. Yeah, right? crypto.com. No, it's not. I forgot what they named the place. It is a Oracle? Is it Oracle? That's an old one. That's a that's the old one, but man, it was a great stadium. The Warriors are unbelievable. They're on a roll. I mean, Steph Curry, it's tough to argue that he's not the best basketball player in the world right now. We had a great time and then I saw some family in Kentucky. Had Thanksgiving in Kentucky with my family. You know, saw my brothers, my nephew and niece. Yeah, had some good bourbon and caught up with everybody, and now I'm back in HQ, and I'm ready to go, and I think this might be the best podcast we've ever done. Probably will be. Uh, Sleep Dog took the old ball and chain fiance to meet the extended family for the first time. Um, Mm. We're still engaged. Not sure how that happened. She must really have a, a soft spot for me, but we survived that. Other than that, not a lot going on for Sleep Dog, but I have been traveling too. Been to Austin, been to Denver, been to uh, Salt Lake City for a spell, but that was just layover. Uh, going to DC next week, might even talk a little bit about that. Going to see the six or uh, the Wizards and Cavs. Guys, the game's such a, so electric. I forgot who was playing. Going to do that on Friday night, so pretty excited about that. Um, but yeah, Thanksgiving was Thanksgiving, about 10 pounds heavier. So that's why we stopped doing all these, uh, Instagram lives or sleep dogs have some LBs to chop off here. But, uh, but yeah, it is going to be a great podcast, presumably because the first place we're going to start by, I mean, just obviously here is, is, is NC state, North Carolina football game, Tar Heels just, oh my God, just collapsed right at the last literally two minutes. Big Hawk, how much of the game did you see? What are your thoughts? Uh, you know, explain it to me. You know, I didn't, I, how much did I see? I didn't see a lot of it sleep. I got to be a hundred percent and, uh, we keep it a hundred here at SHWW <laughs> always. Uh, but I'll be honest with you. I always want to beat state. There's no worse school in the world. There's no worse fans in the world. And honestly, you know, I don't, I don't really like, uh, I don't even like the university. I never liked the university and it's always a game. I don't care what sport UNC plays state, I want to win. Of course, in dramatic fashion, we lost. And I'm on a lot of text chains, and boy, those things are blowing up. People, you know, it got heated, understandably. And I don't know what happened, but state, they do have a good football team. Got to give them credit there, keeping it a hunch. You know, I, I don't know, Sleep, what was your thoughts? So, like you, uh, you know, those games come on late, man. Old Sleep Doggy, they don't call me a wake dog, like <laughs> I've said before, right? So, uh, didn't quite 
catch it all, but woke up disappointed because I go to bed, we're winning and go wake up and we do, and we lose, right? So I'll take this chance to plug the fact that Sleephawk Worldwide has turned into a bona fide news organization. So I have written an article about, you know, what I feel about Tar Heel football season, and it is on our website, www.sleephawkworldwide.com. We have a website. There's one article on it, and that's the one. Um, check it out. We're going to post an Instagram after the show. But, you know, I kind of went into detail here about how really the game just was an epitome. I did go back and watch, you know, subsequently after uh, the next day, kind of how everything went down. And it was just the epitome of, of our season. You know, it's just like missed opportunities. We, you know, State is a good team. They are at home. It is a night game. It is after Thanksgiving. It is prime time. You're on ESPN. I mean, this is our chance. And there's Carolina. I mean... It was the the irony I wrote in the article of the whole thing was is that it was our best defensive performance of the year until two minutes to go in the game. We just act like we had no idea um, that we were supposed to stop them from getting the ball in the end zone. So it was it was really disappointing. I went back. You know, you look at that first you know play, pretty inexcusable. I don't know shit about football, much less about defense. But it's even clear to me from playing Madden when I was ten years old that that's a cover two, and my man didn't help over the top. Right. So clearly there there's a miscommunication on the sideline. I mean, this dude is wide open. I could have <laughs> run it in there. I could have thrown it to myself and still scored. And then then you know we have this this laundry list of errors, which again personifies the struggles we had defensively, lack of discipline, like losing games we shouldn't lose and just choking otherwise. Um, It looks like they ran the exact same play with like whatever, not very much time to go in the game and scored another touchdown. And it was it was retribution, it must feel, for the time Geo ran the punt back where they should have never punted us the ball and 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 we we upset them after uh you know, falling behind late at home. But man, what a just demoralizing loss. It was the one, like you, you said it earlier, is like in the in the year, as long as we win this one, right? I mean, it's a, what a way to go out of a of an otherwise kind of disappointing season. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we're right there. We had it. And it's almost like we we let off the gas too soon. Yeah. And, you know, sleep, I've always maintained the stance. You know, these expectations preseason, they don't mean they, they don't mean Jack Diddley. You know, that's why they play the games. You got to show up and you got to win. If we're, you're asking me what games do I really care about when, you know, it comes to UNC football, I care about beating Duke, check. Care about beating NC State. Didn't, not a check. Not a check. Disappointed. And, I, you know, I just want to win North Carolina. I want to be the best football team in North Carolina. You know, we had all these expectations. You know, for whatever reason, you know, chop it up how you want. We didn't meet them. You know, it's it's sad because, you know, one end you want to say Sam Howell's one of the best quarterbacks UNC's ever had. And then on the other end, we just couldn't quite put everything together, okay? To be a good football team, you got to have a good defense, a good offense, okay? You got to have these complete games and you got to have this mindset of, you know, you know, just like the great teams, okay? You don't come out here and you don't have off plays because off plays can lose you. You know, you, you lose a game. In football of this magnitude, one off play, boom, you're gone. You know, it just seems like we always had an off play. It always like something was wrong. And I've maintained the stance when it comes offensively. I don't know anything about football, but why do we have to throw a Hail Mary? Why is Sam Howell putting his head down like he's Derrick Henry every other down? You know, why can't we get a four-yard pass? Why can't we hit our tight end for a three-yard pass instead of end up being third and 17? You know, it puts us in these miracle plays that we rarely end up. You know, it was a disappointment sleep. Yeah, we certainly know how to put the off and awful 
because that's about all you can use to describe that meltdown. I mean, there's just really no excuse for it. To me, the worst part of it all, not blown coverage, not giving up the two touchdowns. It was like they score the touchdown. There's like a minute and something left. And it was like the only 11 people on on planet Earth that didn't know there was an onside kick coming were the 11 we had on the field. And they kick an they kick a, a onside kick, and it was like the easiest onside kick recovery of all time. And it's like, guys, what did you guys think they were going to do here? Did you think they were going to just try to kick it through the uprights or what? I mean, come on. But, you know, again, I don't know shit about – you know, how to coach a football team, how to play football. I played one year in the eighth grade for the Broad Creek Bulldogs. We scored two touchdowns all season. That was all she wrote for Sleep Dogs football career. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you that. I know something everybody else doesn't, but it didn't pass the eye test very much when you go six and six after you got you know, a preseason number 10 ranking. We talk all the time about how those rankings are bullshit. You just said it. We all believe it. Here's the thing. My whole synopsis of the season is this. The fact that that Carolina even had a legitimate, uh, you know, reason to have that hype to begin with is something that I don't think we or fans should forget, right? Like, mm-hmm. recruiting is the linchpin of college football, and you can you can hate what happened this year, and I do. I mean, what a letdown, right? We lost pretty much every single game that mattered and won a bunch of bullshit, right? With the exception of Wake Forest. But we have like a bona fide recruiting class coming in. We are literally like out recruiting almost everybody in the ACC. We're winning recruits out of Virginia for the first time in like a decade. And, you know, we're, we're, so I think you just have to like, you, we're not going to be, you know, a contender, bona fide contender overnight. And especially because you have to stockpile players so that, that you you have sort of experience in the depth of of your roster, right? Last year, if we could have kept, you know, our running backs and and our receivers and and rolled them into this year, I mean, and then we go six and six, it's a whole different story. People's heads got to roll. Yeah, but but the fans are calling for a defensive coordinator to get fired again. I don't know. I have no idea if that's justifiable or not. All I'm saying is you got to be patient because. Look, we're going to roll him out there next year, and Sam Howell ain't staying, right? You know, hopefully Drake May is what he's cracked up to be, and 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 I I hope he is for you know a number of reasons. But you know, you're gonna have to like stay the course here for a while because you have to saturate your roster with good recruits. You can't just bring in five stars to start, right? And then you start losing a couple five stars to graduation or to to the NFL. You you're, you're always going to be missing those pieces, and those guys. You know, having that full suite of players, that experience, that helps you realize, like in in, in late game situations when the pressure is on, hey, I got to help this corner over the top. Like those are the types of things where it matters, and it's exactly where we got exposed against NC State. We lose a game, it really sucks because it's NC State, and we want to win that one, and we had it within our grasp. But everybody's freaking out, man, and I just, you know, Dude, what do you expect? Dude, this is Carolina football. If you want to get better, you got to you got to chill out and be patient. Yeah, and you know, sleep. You said uh, people are starting to freak out now. The easy, you know, most people in sports um, when they see you know team have such disappointment, you know, the quick fix is always fire a coach, fire this, fire that, without doing much in depth, you know, look at what's really going on. And you know, I'll be honest with you, you know, my first instinct is like, well, I wonder who they're going to fire. And the reason I say that is because these contracts that some of these assistant coaches get, they're so high. And so when you have that high of a contract or these salaries that 
college coaches are making, you're gonna you need to have extra scrutiny. Okay, you can't have a big mm-hmm. payroll and 100%. just just dodge all these big time questions. When you get a, you know a big time pay, you better expect some big time challenges. We need to know what the hell happened to the defense this year. You know, somebody's got to answer for that, and then someone else has to answer for what the hell were we calling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think those are two big questions uh, from an outside perspective and somebody who doesn't know a lot about football. It's uh, yeah, the record justifies it. Right. I mean, the results justify it. You're one of the worst defenses in the country. You're outside of top 100 in virtually every category that matters. You're scoring 40 points a game and going six and six. I mean, in college football, you know, all you got to do is make. I mean, dude, there's so many games where if we had stopped them one time on one drive, we win the game. I mean, our six losses, other than Georgia Tech, every one of our losses was was within ten. And you got to figure that some of those at ten isn't exactly the slimmest of margins. But you got to figure that some of those games that are ten, you know, sort of get an extra score out of hand late, right? We were in virtually every game except that Georgia Tech game. Yeah. We, we, we had a chance to beat Notre Dame. We had a chance to beat Pitt. We lost them in overtime. We definitely had a chance to beat State. I mean, we had our challenges, and it was the defense that consistently, you know, sort of let us down, with the exception of Virginia Tech, the first game uh, of the season when, when, it was, when it was primarily the offense. But you're right. Like, you got to ask these questions. And my, my advice to anybody that's, you know, clamoring for the defensive coordinators to go, and again, maybe they should. I'm not qualified to tell you one way or the other, but it's like you always got to look at what's your alternative. Yeah. What are they going to replace you with? Yeah. Right. And and it was like back when, you know, we had a couple really rough years in, in basketball and, and everybody's like, you know, maybe it's time for Roy Williams to hang. Well, who are you going to get? You know, I mean, who's out there? It doesn't matter. You're not going to pluck, you know, uh, Nick Saban or the <laughs> defensive coordinator from from Alabama yeah. to come be your defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. right? So you got to like think rationally about things and fans. <laughs> if there's one thing any fan base is incapable of, is rational. Yeah, and, and sleep. I want to jump back in. I've got a lot of faith in Mac Brown. I like what he says, and I like the direction he's taken. And he's built, you know, hype around this football team that we haven't seen at UNC. And I've got a lot of faith in him, and I think we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, going off of not not this year, but the you know last year. You know, we had a pretty good year. You know, I think he's going to build on that, and he'll figure it out. And sometimes, you know, it just takes takes a down year to have a great year the following year, and we'll see who's coming in. But uh, you know, I got faith in these guys. And and you honestly, you think Sam Howell is gone? Yeah. No what, question. What is prediction for him off the top of your head? I mean, I think he's a, you know, a, dude, if he weren't a quarterback, maybe. But quarterbacks are just at such a premium, dude. Like, he's gone. There's just no chance he's staying. I mean, I still think he's probably going to come out as, you know, definitely a first-round pick. Uh, there's so many teams, you know, you look at look at the NFL teams that need a quarterback. You could you could argue Washington, I know very well. I mean, everybody loves Tyler Heineke, Heineke, whatever. But pretty pretty telling that you know fans don't even know his name. You got uh Pittsburgh. You got Pittsburgh's looking. You got uh um, Panthers. The Panthers are looking. You got Miami. Houston's looking. Miami's looking. I mean, hell, everybody's looking when the quarterbacks roll around, right? So I think that um and, and and Sam's the kind of guy that has, I think I think he's got a lot of potential in the right system. I mean, he reminds me of kind of a Drew Brees kind of guy. But yeah. you know, look, I mean, maybe I got blinders on, but dude, the the thing of it was, it was really interesting to me is I was looking and he didn't quite like straight line regress every season, but his freshman year was excellent. His 
sophomore year statistically was a little varied, but I mean, you you had um, uh, COVID, so I don't know know that that really held that much weight. But this year, I think was pretty clearly his worst year, um, and he's not nowhere near. He was he was in some uh, circles the Heisman favorite, yeah, and is nowhere even close this year. Um, but I still think, you know, I mean, look at guys like Mitch, right? Mitch went number two overall, right? Uh, so, so he's gone. There's just no way he stays. I mean, I wish he would, but that's just, you know, wishful thinking. You know, I thought Mitch was a better passer. I think he's definitely a better sort of pocket passer, but yeah. The thing about Sam is like, because the way the offense was structured, man, you just never really felt like. I mean, there was a ton of big plays. He ran a lot and stuff like that, but there was no like. It just seemed like we could score at any time, but there wasn't very few like really sustain. This is just me going off the cuff, like sustained drives. Like there weren't a whole lot of drives. It feels like in retrospect, where we get the ball at the twenty yard line and it's a seven, eight, nine minute drive down the field and we plow one in for a two or three yard touchdown. It was get the ball at the 20 yard line, 17 yard, you know, first down, mm-hmm. then it's third down It's 40 yards. And then it's a 25 yard touchdown. And we've taken up two minutes off the clock. And that's one of the reasons why we scored so much. It's also another reason why our defense gave up so much is because they were on the field a lot because we scored quickly. So, you know, we, but of course, some of that was, you know, we didn't have the same ground game that we yeah. had a year ago either. My, my only argument is if this was a down year, what's the downside of coming back to school and then possibly being the Heisman winner and proving yourself over again? Is it you don't want to risk injury or you want to take the paycheck while it's there and you feel like, you know, there's such a premium on quarterbacks and right now the league is very quarterback hungry and there's a lot of openings? Do you think that or do you, what is your and opinion on that? Honestly, this is a great question for you. I mean, there was you, you were in the same sort of situation where, you know, you could have gone um, a lot of people wouldn't have blamed you if you had. Uh, Sam could come back. Here, here's my thing about the season we just had, and this is what Carolina fans need to ask themselves. And this is what you know. I think you got to look at as upside if you're Sam Howell, for example, and you're even pondering coming back. When is the last time? I mean, you can say that this season is unequivocally a huge disappointment, a mm-hmm. massive disappointment, and we're six and six. Yeah. Right, it is a mega disappointment, but we're five hundred. Like, dude, every other season that we've had, like in recent memory for sure, is like six and six is like ah ho hum. Right, like the fact that this is such a disappointment, and it is, and we're six and six, and we were in all those games that we lost for the most part. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of positive things there that it's hard to see right now because we just went through this gauntlet of really hard games and we did not perform well. But yeah, I mean, what went through your head when you were making that decision? Well, I I was national player of the year my junior year, and I started off my senior year with the the shin injury, and you know it's you know in my mind I was like, man, I was the best player in college last year. I could have been a lottery pick, and I decided to come back to try to win a national championship. You know, then, and then all of a sudden, you know, the worst possible thing could happen is I basically had a stress fracture in my shin. It was a major blow, and it was a difficult uh, beginning to the season for me. But, you know, I, I don't think Sam could go wrong with this decision because there's no harm in coming back to college and proving yourself. 
And the one thing that I know is Mac Brown has created an environment that our fans are hungry and our our fans believe. That's that was the most disappointing thing this year. Is we were ready to provide the football team with an environment that they have never seen in their life. Keenan has never seen. Keenan has never felt. What I think is Mac is building that, building mm-hmm. that. He's getting the pieces, okay. And I think if Sam comes back, I think what you're going to see is one of the best atmospheres in college football. Mm-hmm. And you can't tell me if you roll into a Keenan eight and one, eight and zero. Oh, that that place ain't going to be rocking yeah. when we have Virginia Tech, when we have Notre Dame, when we bring in Clemson or somebody like that. Yeah. We're going to be prime time. Yeah. And, you know, n- there's no telling. He wins the Heisman, mm-hmm. okay, and then all of a sudden there gets some extra hype. He There's no there's no telling. All, all of a sudden he goes from being a late first round, possible second round, who knows, to number nine. one pick. He's yeah. a top five. Yeah, absolutely. Top five. Absolutely. And, you know, I have no problem with that. I, I'm, I, you know, I'm going to support Sam. He, he doesn't need my support, but he can't make a bad decision here. Right. Um, so that is my thought process. I always just hate, like, I just hate leaving on a bad note mm-hmm. after a disappointing season because I feel like we could have done better. Yeah. And I think Sam is such a big piece of that. If I'm Sam, I'm like, I want to come back. I want to prove that we can win the whole damn thing when no one thinks we can at UNC. Yeah, that'd be something. I don't think it happens. I uh, can't blame him if it doesn't. Like I said, we, we, we're we pretty hard on football. Or we have been this year. I think that, you know, like like the Big Hawk has said. With that said, if I'm Sam, I'm probably leaving. Mm-hmm. So, But that's just my thought. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, we the fan base has been hard on them because the expectations are high. Fans are unreasonable, but again, when is the last time that this was a disappointment, right? And I think, mm-hmm. I think um, you hit everything spot on about you know the outlook for the team. And I tell you what, man, it's like it's the same thing that happened kind of when you came back. That really like solidified your legacy at mm-hmm. UNC. And Sam, in my opinion. And of course, I didn't see you know Lawrence Taylor and Choo Choo Justice and some of these other guys. But Sam's probably the best player we've ever had. Yeah. Um, and if he comes back, you know he'll never pay for another meal in Chapel Hill if he will anyway. Right now, right. So, but of course, oh, believe me, he makes that NFL sour. He'll be paying for. He'll be paying for everybody's meal. Everyone yeah. says that, but yeah. once you start getting paid, you're paying for everybody. Hey, you ain't just paying for yourself. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So obviously, wish the best. I'm, I, it'll be interesting to see how it folds out here in the coming weeks. We'll get named to the Eskimo Tire Bowl or whatever it is, and uh, you know, probably uh, half the team won't play and, and that sort of thing. And, and that's just how it goes these days, right? But uh, you know, we'll be we'll be. Very happy if 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 Sam surprises and comes back. Uh, I think the outlook is is high for for next year, uh, regardless of, of of his decision. But we'll always wish him the best. So, mm-hmm. on to basketball, man. So uh, you know, speaking of ho hum, you know, we uh, got by Asheville in our last game. It's been a while since we played. Been a while yep. since we caught it. It feels like, but. Uh, 53 72-53 heels heels get the W. Uh great much better, you know, defensive performance. I was uh somewhere in like I think Denver and good luck trying to watch Carolina versus Asheville in Denver, but um you know, hey, listen, we 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 held our opponent to 53. We only scored 72. <laughs> Still haven't covered a spread. Got Michigan coming up. We'll, we'll get to that. Um but what was your, you know, what's your reaction to the to the Asheville game? 
one day we will cover a spread, and it will be a huge day a day for SHWW because we'll be really happy. Good teams win, great teams cover. Uh, period. <laughs> you know, and we don't bet on the game, guys. We just like to. It's just like a. It's like a confidence booster mm-hmm. when you cover. Listen, when we talk about UNC basketball, we knew that we were having some significant pieces transfer in. Uh, Brady, Dawson, you know, even Justin McCoy, he's still trying to find himself and seeing what he can do. And I think he'll get there. You know, we're still learning how to play as a team. And I think significant growth is coming. And what I what I do like is that, you know, as Carolina fans, we're watching we're watching Hubert Davis take over and we're watching him grow as a coach as far as like what's he gonna do? We're gonna see his style implemented and how he addresses a team. And I think it's really cool. And also we're seeing this kind of this young team with a different, you know, different pieces kind of grow as well. And there's gonna be some growing pains. Obviously, the Tennessee game was a huge disappointment to a lot of people because we felt like it could have been a bounce back game. And we took Purdue right down to the line. In my opinion, the best team in the country. And after the game, a lot a lot of people are going to react to Brady's press conference, but I will say, you know, he was honest. For this team to reach its potential, you're going to have to bring it on both ends. Mm-hmm. And we're not, like I said, this team isn't talented enough to just kind of show up and play and win games. Now, in the years past, you know, under Coach Williams, there's been some teams where, you know, you come out, you know, we could win by one or we could win by 30. You know, and there's some mm-hmm. been some teams where, hey, we can win by one, or we could lose by thirty. Mm-hmm. And you know, this isn't one of those teams. I think they're growing, but you know, they're still trying to get that chemistry right, and they're still trying to grow as a team. You know, what they got to do is just play a complete game, and you know, there's going to have to be somebody step up and be a leader. You know, it's it's going to be interesting, but I think Leaky's starting to play better and really embrace his defensive role. You know, this team is still growing. You know, UNC Asheville is never really the top opponent that you want to like dissect and really evaluate yourself against. But, you know, it was a, you know, mission accomplished. We won. Okay. But, you know, we still got a lot of growth to do. And we got Michigan coming in here. They're four and two, they're top team. You know, they have one of the best players in the country. But, Sleep, what are your thoughts on the team so far? There's what you've seen. I know you didn't see a lot of UNC Asheville, but just kind of like, you know, what are you thinking? It's like I said against you know after the after the Tennessee game right like uh-huh. we you know had one game that didn't didn't really pan out. I'm looking here at the box score. We shoot 50 percent from the floor. We shoot 50 percent from three. We shoot 85 percent from the line. Those three things to me matter more than anything. We had 18 turnovers. That you can't do that against a team like UNC Asheville, much less against a good team, right? So yeah. th- these guys shot 26 percent. So we're doing something right. They weren't hitting any threes, and and most of the time. You know, if 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 Purdue had had missed anything, it, it seemed like they made everything they took. And granted, you know, they had a lot of open looks, but you know, they were a good team. And even, I mean, even open looks get missed sometimes. And you know, we were right in that game. And if we win that game, it makes you wonder what happens in the Tennessee game. That that was a huge letdown. But like these things are have cause and effect. And so I'm I'm totally fine with where we're at right now. Um, you know, it's one thing, again, I keep coming back to, you know, how we've played in, se- in the most recent couple of seasons. We played 
pretty pedestrian against Asheville and we're up 13 at the half and you know we go on and win by 19. Sure we want to win by 30 in this game and we probably should have but like this was never in question. We played well enough to win from start to finish and we won. And these mm-hmm. are games that in recent memory like it's like oh why are we losing by 3 to Asheville at halftime? We saw it against uh whoever it was where we wound up winning late but like you know these are the types of, I think College of Charleston maybe but these are the types of games where it's like sort of I think it, it's brown too. Brown, that's what it was. And and like you start looking at all right, you're sort of in that weird lull of this holiday period. You're you're not a you're not a blue chip team. You know, you're not a bona fide national championship contender. So like you gotta expect some 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 sort of starts and stops. All that matters for this team is can they get in rhythm and time uh, you know, for conference play. And I haven't seen anything yet that sort of makes me freak out. I mean, we're four and two. We lost to two ranked teams in a neutral court place, one of which was, like you said, probably one of the better teams in the country and potentially a final four team down the road. We're three and oh at home, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. whatever. We're we're there's a little more wait and see that I'm gonna need from before I start getting concerned about some of these some of these games. No, I'm not concerned about the team. I think we have a a unit that can win every single night. I don't care who we play. You know, we have a, we're going to be in it and we're going to have a chance if we come up come out and compete and play hard. But, you know, sleep, you know, you were on at the turnovers. And when I look at, you know, we have in-depth details and like, you know, what are some things that this team can do to reach its potentials? When you boil it down, some of the big keys is turnovers in chemistry. Mm-hmm. Okay. Those are like probably the two most important keys to me. Uh, turnovers, you got to be smart with the ball. You got to take care of it. Okay. This team isn't talented enough to be, no one's talented enough to have lackadaisical turnovers where they just don't care. They're careless with the ball and they just dribble it off. I call it unforced turnovers mm-hmm. where you make a pass to somebody that's wide open and it's a horrible pass and goes out of bounds. We can't have those possessions in chemistry. We have so many different pieces on this team, so many new guys being implemented. You know, honestly, we're going to have to speed up the chemistry. COVID kind of killed some mm-hmm. of that last year. Guys are still getting to know each other, even on and off the court. Chemistry's got to be a huge issue. This team's going to grow together, and they're going to get that. You know, I'm excited. And also, this team has to be hungry, okay? This team has to fight for everything they want. Okay. If you want to get a rebound, you got to earn the rebound. The rebound's not, the ball's just not going to fall to you. Sleep, I think we're on the way to being a good team. We're definitely growing, but we're going to be tested on Wednesday against Michigan, who is four and two. And the thing about Michigan, it's going to be big on big showdown. We got Hunter Dickerson versus Armando. Hunter's about 7'1", 260. Big Hawks, 260, but he ain't 7'1. Sometimes these guys say they're. They say they're as tall as Paul Bunyan, but they end up being about as tall as me. You know, when I watch Hunter play, he doesn't look like a true seven-one. I'll be honest. I watched him in the tournament last year. I think they had a pretty good run, but uh, he's averaging fourteen, eight rebounds, and uh, two assists a game, which is, you know, for a big two assists a game, that's pretty big. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be a good challenge for Armando, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, they're an elite team. They've been tested last year in the tournament. They have a good coach, Jawan Howard. I actually think I played against him, believe it or not. Um, but um, <laughs> wow, yeah, <laughs> he's got uh, – I think he knows what he's doing. He's doing a pretty good job at Michigan. Yep. So here's the thing. I look at them. They're, they're still in the top 25. They got two losses, one to Seton Hall and one to Arizona, neither of which is ranked. And the Arizona game wasn't close. So it's Arizona's ranked, right? Uh, not according to – no, they're five and zero. Oh. They are not ranked. 
but I guess Michigan was number four when they lost. So maybe that's why they didn't fall away out. I'm looking at ESPN right now. Uh, well, maybe they weren't ranked at the time. Is that kind of how they're doing it? I'm not, I have no clue. Uh, well, they definitely weren't ranked when the game was played. Michigan was number four. They've fallen to 24. Um, they don't score a lot. I'm guessing they run a, a you know a significant slowdown or a half court offense kind of thing. Sometimes that struck historically we've kind of struggled when when that in my opinion when that type of team gets to force the pace right mm-hmm. so I think one of the keys here is you know how much control can we take and then the problem you know this uh, the the biggest you know I know you'll get to your keys of the game later but mine are can Baycott stay out of foul trouble and can we force the pace and I, and if we can do those things and not turn the ball over I think you know I keep going back to the free throw percentage and to me it's like dude really good teams shoot really well from the free throw line and we haven't done that in a long time and we're I don't know I haven't looked but if we keep shooting 85% from the line every game we're going to be in a lot of games <laughs> you know what I mean and and we've been do we've been over 80% uh, several times yeah so you know those are the things and because when you're running you're getting to the free throw line you know when you're driving to the basket you're getting to the free throw line and especially when you know you hubert spreading the floor you got guys cutting to the basket they're either kicking the ball out or they're taking the ball to the hoop and when they're taking it to the hoop they're going to draw fouls when they draw fouls they need to make free throws and if they do that i mean they're going to they're going to wear teams down and so you know I, I it'll be interesting to me you know, to see how, you know, we contend with somebody with, you know, that can really match our size. Um, but it would suggest to me that it's an opportunity because I think we're, you know, this dude's 7'1", 260, whatever, man. He's probably probably really good, but he's also probably really slow. So, uh, you know, can we get can we get rebounds, kick it out, and, and get running? And if so, we should have an advantage on a lot of, a lot of trips down the court. Yeah, I, I think you make a great point about free throws. You know, getting to the line and how many free throws you shoot is a you know big indicator on in how aggressive you are and not being content with taking bad shots because a lot of the times it's mean you're you're aggressive, you're taking the ball to the hoop and you get fouled. Um, so I definitely think that's a good indicator, and it seems like we've uh, really improved on our free throw percentage, and it sure does make life easier when you make down <laughs> when you mm-hmm. make your free throws. Um, but you know when we chop it up, you know, like I just said, we can't have lazy turnovers. We've got to have good chemistry, and it seems repetitive and uh, redundant, but you know, I think another key for this Michigan game is we've got to control the paint. Okay, we've got a heck of a front court, Dawson, Brady, and Armando, and there's no reason we can't spread them out. Dawson's shown the ability to make big shots outside. Brady can do that. Armando's got a nice little free throw line jumper. I'm not saying, you know, not go inside, but we can draw that guy out. We can run the floor and make him a non-factor. If we push the ball and play hard, there's no reason we can't get open layups and really push them and kind of break this thing open. You know, another key I'll just say is we, we need someone else to step up. And, you know, we saw RJ step up in a few games this year. He's been big for us, and I think he's still growing and uh, he's going to have his up and downs too. He's a young player, but I think he can be a hell of a college player. But watching him grow has been really cool, and I think uh, he's potentially going to be one of our, the best players in college. You know, I'm I'm really looking forward to this game because it's going to be a big time game. You know, I'm always I'm excited to get back into the dome again. I might need a. Uh, some no dos or something. Start drinking coffee about 9 p.m. at 9.15 tip, man. That one's tough once you start getting up there in age. Um, but, yeah, I think we, we're scoring 83 a game. They're scoring 71 a game. They got a lot of size. They got three dudes that are, you know, six, 
10, 11, 7, 1, whatever they really are. I mean, they're tall. Uh, we're shooting 75%, 74%, sorry, from the free throw line this year. So, you know, but our, our – As a team, I don't know. That's, that's okay. It's yeah, that's good. okay. Not, Looks okay. like Mondo is the one really kind of kind of dragging us down at 60, but he's, <laughs> he's also shooting 66% from the field. So we could play the percentages all day long, whatever. Shoot like a jump shot. Yeah, um, <laughs> exactly, right? So – um, anyway, I, 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 you know, you got to like our, our chances, good time, the good chance to write the ship against a good team. Um, and you know, hopefully we'll do it so that we, um, you know, don't have something else to bellyache about. But the one thing is, let's see, after that, you know, we get our first conference game against Georgia tech. Is that, I don't know if it's technically a conference game or not, but it's um, gotta be right. Yeah. I would imagine playing, playing Georgia. I don't think it works like football. Right. But yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Big Hawk's going to be there. Sleep Dog is undecided because uh, hell of them might be late to work on Thursday if I go to that one. But uh, I'm going to try, and you know we're going to live to tell about it. I hate the nine o'clock starts. I don't know why they do it. It's so unnecessary. It's so pointless too. I guess for a team coming from Michigan, maybe it's an eight fifteen there their time. I don't know. That is weird. Like nine fifteen. What is the what is the point? Especially at Chapel Hill, buddy. Like that is a that is a doozy getting to the Dean Dome at nine fifteen. One thing I can promise you is it will not be a sellout because uh it is a Wednesday uh at nine fifteen PM and it is not easy to get in and out of that place. You mm-hmm. are you're <laughs> you're in for a you know a, a midnight departure. But uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully we 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 keep it going because the team down the street before we get out of here, Big Hawk is really a, a thorn in our side right now. Uh, Duke is back to number one, and we can't, we just can't have that shit because this is this is Shashevsky's swan song and their number one. Like God bless, man, we got to do something about that. <laughs> They're a good team, and I, you know, they Banchero kid is really good and the uh, other big that they had last year I think he's Williams is playing well. They got the the more kid who's, you know, he he's pretty good. They're a good team, but yeah. you know, you don't win them in uh in November, that's for sure. You know, I want them to get up there cuz it's going to make it that much better when we beat them. Uh, I don't care, you know, what your ranking is right now. Apparently number 1, I think Purdue uh is much better in my opinion, but you know, I think Duke is a top 4 team for sure. I think Gonzaga's in there too. Um, I'd have to look to see who my fourth would be, but you know, Duke deserves credit because they're playing really well and they have some good players. Um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that showdown for sure. Guys, follow us on Instagram because we need your help to just like boost our status here as, as uh, influencers. So follow us on sleep, on Instagram, Sleephawk Worldwide. We're on Twitter at SleephawkWW. We're on the web at www.sleephawkworldwide.com. Uh, you can follow us along there. We will, uh, you know, we're very engaging with our fans. So podcast really starting to grow. We appreciate all the help and the support. Um, keep doing it. Subscribe. Give us uh, whatever. Definitely don't give us four stars. Make sure if you're going to, if you're going to, uh, like review the podcast make sure you're giving it five stars if not just you know keep your opinions to yourself um, you know uh, anything else you got going on Big Hawk stay safe stay safe stay safe